Yo, he threw up a sign. I put away my nine. Fool, cause I'm colorblind. Killer Cali, the place where they kill. Oh, hmm, you forgot that song? Colorblind by Ice Cube. That's what I'm talking about, people. That is exactly what I'm talking about. Thank you for listening to Farside TV. As always, you are locked in the Side Life Radio and I am your host, Adisa the Bishop. A.K.A. The Black Dragon of the West Side. A.K.A. Zato Ichi. A.K.A. The Iron Hook Assassin. Hmm? You know what it is. A.K.A. The Black Cortez Killer. Ain't nobody really to me, homeboys and girls. Come on now, it's West Side. Bishop Chronicles is the world's first podcast giving you West Coast perspectives on hip hop, you know, health and fitness trends, martial arts, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody out there lacing your cranium with this here vibranium like me. You know what I'm saying? A the Bishop. So you can be down now or you can bow down later because the West Side OGs, we stay greater. You know that, you know that. Uh, if this is your first time listening, hmm. I appreciate you, but there's something you must understand. This podcast isn't for everybody. So it's important that you know that this may not be the best thing. About a show enough is the West thing. About a show enough is the West thing. About a show enough, show enough, show enough, show enough, show enough is the West thing. Yeah, that's how it goes. I mean, that's how the song used to go. I don't know. But uh, please do me a favor. Subscribe. Join us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, you know, all the little different platforms out there. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget to follow at Bishop Chronicles on Insta Grizzle. You know what I'm saying? I'm also at Real Hip Hop Chess because, you know, I'm moving to pieces and playing the game. You know what I'm saying? Um, don't forget uh, some of the past shows that are killing it right now that you need to rock with right now or uh, my latest one on Crips, Cops, and Rap with, with Dr. Ogbar. That's crazy. You didn't know about the Batarang, but stop playing like you knew about how it was, you know what I'm saying, with the, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the Avalon Crips out there in South Central. Stop acting like you knew what it was, bro, on the business side of hip-hop, you know what I'm saying, and all of that. Uh, don't forget we got that one Brother Ali knocking got that one with Raka knocking got Dayanara Thompson breaking down all the, the 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 things about hip-hop health and fitness it's lit and the BCP army is still growing and so I appreciate you and now it is time to do the heartbeat props what are heartbeat props thank you for asking I'm glad you asked what heartbeat props are heartbeat props are where we give props to people now you see how we're living in a pandemic and people are falling out? Well, guess what? Before the pandemic, people were still falling out. And you know, you'd be at the homie's funeral and there's somebody over there. <laughs> Always love T-Money, bro. Always love T-Money, bro. It's like, 
You never said that to T-Money when he was here, though. So that's what we do right now. We reach out. My homework for you, for you, is to call three people for five minutes. Don't text them. Call them and say, you know what? I care about you. You're important to me. And here's why. Tell them why. Don't just say, oh, you know, I got love for you, buddy. Be honest. Talk to them. Remind them of something that they've done for you. Why you appreciate them. So maybe they've done nothing for you. Maybe just something that they do inspires you, keeps you going, whatever. That's what it is. So first, I'm going to bjj.wiki, W-I-K-I, uh, of the Off The Map podcast. He's a really dope dude. Follow him on Instagram, he posts hilarious memes that deal with jujitsu and stuff like that. But he's been real supportive of, you know, the show and what we do here. And so I wanted to give him props. I appreciate you. I deeply appreciate your support. I'm also giving a shout out to at Dream Brand, but it's Dream with a J. They make dope jujitsu geese and dope gear, rash guards, all of that. You know what I'm saying? And um, he hit me up because he's moving, man. Cali's hard to stay in right now. So he's moving to Austin. If you're going to austin or if you live in austin you need to check him out you know what i mean you need to reach out to my folks at dream brand because they dope they really do make fresh designs um also i want to give a shout out to at rap zines yo let me tell you brian at rap zines saved my life and i'm gonna get i say three i'm gonna give another one sheena lester she used to be the editor-in-chief of rap pages she introduced me to brian because you know, in a divorce, all kind of stuff comes up missing and popping in our way. What, what happened to that? What happened to that? A lot of my writing ain't around no more. She pointed me in direction of Brian. Brian was able to give me an old interview I did with Haley o Gracie and Hoist Gracie in like 98. Mm. It was uh, who was on the cover. Dungeon Family was on the cover. Gave me some old profiles that I did on the Bay Area hip hop scene. Talking about Mixmaster Mike, Sway, Qbert. You know what I'm saying? All kind of rap crews, all kinds of party spots. And so I'm grateful to at Rap Zines. Follow for real. If you want real hip hop history, you want access to it, that's who you got to hit up. You know what I'm saying? And now we are about to do one of my favorite parts of the show. The West Side Word of the Week. You know, why do I do this? I do this because people come out here, especially in the Bay, you know, from the Bay to L.A., from Sacktown, the Bay Area, and where? Back down. Back down. Um, and so people, you know, we got specific kind of lingo and, you know what I'm saying, ways about us. And I don't want you to come out here thinking it's lit for you. And then you get, ah, oh, ah. No, I mean, not that that ha it could happen, but it's unlikely. It's unlikely. But it's more unlikely when you speak how we speak, player, you know what I'm saying? When in Rome, full West Coast. Anyway, the West Side Word of the Week is brought to you by at M Shaka Media. M Shaka Media does high-end voiceover recordings for voice talent. You need some voice talent, that's where you go. And also, if you've seen the, the show last week that said hashtag end police terror, because uh, I'd like to not get shot because I got pulled over. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, hashtag and police terror. Get them shirts from her. Get them shirts from her. Those are her shirts. Anyway, uh, West Side Word of the Week is whoop de whoop. That's what it is. Whoop de whoop. What does that mean? Fans of Seinfeld, you may remember there's an episode where they're doing their thing and they're talking and they go yada yada, such and such happened. 
right? Yada yada means like it's like a symbol for lots of conversation that has happened, right? So whoopty whoop is what we say out here. Let me set the scene for you. So, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, this is pre-COVID, pre-COVID, pre-COVID. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you was like, you was going to go to the house party, but you didn't go to the house party. You, you didn't go to the club. And you you, you talked to your homeboy, you know what I'm saying? Um, what's up, partner? Chilling. What'd you do? Oh, man, I went to the house party. I thought you was going. I was going to go, but you know what I'm saying? I got tired. I just went to bed. You know, I feel it. I feel it. Oh, you know what happened, though? I saw your boy Jigga Dre over there. You saw Jigga Dre, blood. I ain't seen Jigga Dre in hella long. How we looking? He looking good, blood. You talking long? No, nah, I was just, you know, it was hella loud in there. You know what I'm saying? There was playing a lot of that that little baby hella loud. You know what I'm saying? We just going and going and going. So I was just like, hey, what's up, Dre? You know what I'm saying? Whoopty whoop, nigga, what? You know what I'm saying? And then just bounce. Whoopty whoop. West Side word of the week you may remember dre using it that same phrase in next episode and now you know when to use it where to use it how to use it and now we're going to go into the session that i personally love the most the section where we go into the haiku i'm a man of many gifts i have you know like there's a lot of mahogany in my house and leather bound books scholarship study research this is what i do and i love poetry haikus are japanese poems of three lines they don't always have to rhyme although most of mine do we have in the three lines it's five syllables seven syllables and the last one is five syllables. Haikus are cool because you have to play with the space, like right, like you don't really have a lot of uh, time to say all kind of clever stuff, and you kind of have to get to the point and leave space for people to fill in the gaps. Now, I do a lot of different haikus, and most of my haikus are about, I mean, really a lot of them are about jujitsu, some of them about chess, you know what I'm saying? This one is a jujitsu haiku. Cobra Kai. Although I got to admit, although I do love the show, like I got a Miyagi shirt too. Because I, I cut bonsai. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I need Mike Realm, my beloved producer, friend, comrade extraordinaire, to give me uh give me some give me some give me some some sounds, man. Um let's go with a river. Can I get a river, bro? Yeah. And now I would like um, some birds. Let's set the scene. Some birds. And now I need a flute. I need a flute. And and there is a, 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 a woman meditating. She just finished meditating by the river. She's got like, she's sitting on a blanket in a, in a purple gown, right? And she's playing uh, her flute sitting next to a bowl of rice with some soy sauce in it, you know what I'm saying, to the left, you know what I'm saying? And and maybe some 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 sushi. And here's my here's my jujitsu haiku. <sighs> 
strolling on the plateau. I'm in the dragon's shadow. Unafraid, I stand. And you have been hit with a haiku. Hey, if you like haikus, hit hashtag haiku on uh, IG and like, you know, check those out. But check me out. Send me a haiku again from the top. Strolling the plateau. I'm in the dragon's shadow. Unafraid, I stand. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the. As always, I'm keeping my knowledge on. Even in the quarantine, listen, if you ain't reading or 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 listening to audiobooks, you are straight slipping. So people been wondering, what am I reading right now? Right here. Striking Distance by Bruce Lee. Well, it's not by Bruce Lee. It's about Bruce Lee. It's actually by Charles Russo, who's going to be on the show soon. Talking about Bruce Lee. This book is about Bruce, and it's hella dope. Little bit of stuff dealing with, you know, Wong Jack Man in here. Look, Bruce Bruce did art, bro. Did art. You're going to mess around and find that on my back one day. Man, I got to stay out of the tattoo spots. Um... That's like an expensive thing. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's so fun. Uh, what else we got going on? So now, um, what am I listening to? I'm really just listening to lo-fi. I'm working on some big writing projects. When I tell you I'm working on a big writing project, you watch what I say. Hmm? You watch what I say. You watch what I say. I'm working on some big writing projects. And I'm not even talking about my book. Oh, yeah. A Dead Man's Diary. You thought I forgot? The book is still dropping. It's about to be off the chain. Uh, but really, um, I've been writing some other stuff in the journalism space that's about to drop off. And then I'm just going to stand in a B-voice dance. And be like, didn't I tell you I was one of the realists? I did, didn't I? Now you know. Um, so today we're talking about something that a lot of people have been discussing. You see, we're talking about the curious case of DJ Vlad because he is uh, on the internets and the interwebs and people are like, what is going on with the DJ? Which DJ? The DJ Vlad. And so there is this kind of talk and that kind of talk. And so I wanted to give you uh, one of my uh, insights therein on the man known as the one and only DJ Vlad. Um, come on, man. You've been seeing it, you know. Lord Jamar's been getting on him. Uh, Godfrey's been getting on him. Nobody expected that. Uh, a lot of it was really started by uh, West Coast Cam. You know what I'm saying? Uh, been dropping bars for a long time. So people might say, well, you know, why are you having this conversation? I'm having this conversation because I've seen people call for a boycott of Vlad. I've seen people call for, you know, they saying Vlad's a vulture, they're saying Vlad's this and that. And you know what? I am not here to validate or invalidate any of that. I just want to tell you my experience. I've known Vlad for a long time. And I'm going to tell you my perspective on all of it as someone who's known him for a long time. And for the record, before I even jump off into this, I called Vlad and asked him to be on the show because he knows me. He didn't respond. I didn't expect him to respond. I didn't expect him to be on. I don't expect him to ever be on. But I wanted to give him a fair chance to speak to me about what's been happening with him. He didn't use it. That's his right. I ain't mad. So I met Vlad through a guy named 
Cool Kyle. This is what we were working on. Chicken Soup for the Hip Hop Soul. It was almost a book. I got stories in here. If you heard some of the last episodes, the audio ones before we came to YouTube, I was reading some of these stories. There's stories in here by Guru. There's stories in here by Public Enemy, by LL Cool J that nobody's ever really seen. And 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 Kyle had hooked it up so we could make this deal happen. And we had a deal. Now, the truth of the matter is, um, right when everything got going, you can see this is batch number one of 30 stories. When you do Chicken Soup for the Soul, you got to turn in like batches of 30 stories, okay? This was back like 2002, okay? Uh, I met him around 2000, I think, before we actually got working on the book. And so what ends up happening is, so you have basically Canfield and you have Mark Victor Hansen. They made Chicken Soup for the Soul happen. It's my understanding that Mark Victor Hansen, who's very conservative, was not feeling hip hop. And even though uh, Jack Canfield gave us the nod to make the book that that Mark Victor Hansen was the one that that pulled the plug on the book. This would have been one of the biggest books in 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 history had it been made. I'm not I'm not kidding. That book was about to be fire. There were crazy stories in there and there's crazy stories that that we gathered that we hadn't even put in this first batch that were reading for the second batch that that made it all bad. Now, when I first met him, Kyle brought Vlad to my house uh, where I was staying down in Santa Clara and and uh, I knew he was coming down. I just jumped out the shower. You know, I came out of my my face was still kind of wet. My head was still kind of wet. And I was like, hey, man, what's up, man? Kyle was like, hey, what's up? Blaze? Like this is my man, Vlad. And he's like, what's up, Vlad? And Vlad looked at me. He's like, you have a gigantic booger in your nose. And sure enough, as I come out of the shower, I had this booger that was like it was the, it was it was gigantic. You know what I'm saying? It looked like an old piece of gum. And so I was like, oh, man, I feel stupid. Hey, what's up, fool? So anyway, uh, uh, we was kicking it. And so we started chopping. And quite frankly, I like Vlad. I like Vlad. Vlad's a good dude. Um, we started hanging out. You know, Kyle saying, look, I want to do this book with you guys. I think you'd be hot. Um, and Vlad's like, OK. And Vlad, at the time, like, I remember we went. We went. I met them in Berkeley and there was a record store past Leopold's. If you went up past Leopold's, old school hip hop heads, and Laval's, right? Busta Wright, there used to be a, an underground hip hop kind of store that sold breaks and, and, and stuff like that. And we went in there and there were some DJs in there who saw Vlad and they were like, yo, what's up, Vlad? You know, you suck, blah, blah. And he was like, what? And they kind of had some kind of argument and it dealt with, Vlad was using CDJ 1000s, the digital stuff, early before almost anybody, and he was being hated on it. He still doesn't get props for being a pioneer of using, I think they were called CDJ 1000s. Is that what they were? I don't remember. I don't remember the actual technology, but I, at the time, was working in Silicon Valley, and I didn't care. I was doing PR in the Valley. So I thought it made sense as an OG West Coast hip hop dude that technology had to catch up with hip hop. And if that was the evolution of it, then so be it. A lot of times in them days, nobody was playing it. It was turntables or nothing. You hear me? Turntables or nothing. And you got to remember, I used to host the ITF, the International Turntablist Jams. You know what I'm saying? Not too long ago, one of the DMCs was done at the Hip Hop Chess Federation Warehouse Headquarters, bro. Stop playing. I've been around. This is not new knowledge, but I'm trying to let people who don't know me know that I know what's up with turntablism and DJing, all right, on a lot of levels, okay? Now, 
He was getting bashed by a lot of DJs for that because he was taking files, right? You know, making the mixes easier, right? So you didn't have to really learn a lot of the, the traditional tools of the trade. I saw that as an innovation and I didn't care that he did that. But there were other things going on, things that I didn't know. Not too long ago, I'm talking about within the last few weeks, there was a reggae DJ who posted in a conversation with Davey D about how he said Vlad used to come to their sets, their reggae, their reggae shows, because reggae was a big deal for Vlad in a lot of his early mixtape stuff. So he, he, this dude said that Vlad would go to their shows, literally write down their sets. And then when he had a show at a club, he would run their entire set. Now. Am I saying Vlad did that? No. I'm telling you what the man told me. You know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you if you follow up with Davey D, he can tell you who said it. I'm not saying it because I'm not saying his name because he may not want to be dragged into this. I'm just telling you that he said that that's what happened. Let me tell you something. If you was in the Bay in the real hip-hop club scene in the 90s, in the early 2000s, that's a violation of the highest order. You could truly get stole on. That was a West Side word of the week. That's a one-hitter quitter. You could get molly whopped coming up out the club. That's another West Coast word of the week. That means like a full-blown beating, right? Um, taking shots unanswered. You know what I'm saying? Which happens. It's 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 hip hop. Um, did he do it? I don't know. I just know a lot of DJs weren't feeling him. Now I've talked to a lot of different people who have told me that they take credit for running Vlad up out of the bay. They too will remain nameless because that's not important. The point is that Vlad left the bay. Now, what is my take on why Vlad left the bay? I don't know. I do remember he told me there was a guy who was a DJ, like a C or D or Z level DJ, who he didn't think was had it all right. I know he had one eye kind of like Mullah Muhammad Omar. He was allegedly had one eye, but he was known to carry either a pistol grip pump or he had some kind of thing. And so sometimes when Vlad was doing his shows, this dude would show up, like maybe like Vlad bumped him, like he used to do the shows. Now Vlad's doing the shows, dude's mad at Vlad. You know what I'm saying? I know that there were people talking crazy about him because of the CDJ 1000s. And I think that he just wasn't thriving. But don't forget that Vlad is a UC Berkeley graduate and he's smart. Um, and so at some point he was like, Deez, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm going to New York to try, try my, try my hand at the mixtape game in New York, which a lot of people thought was insane, right? Because he's from the Bay. He's white. Uh, he's using CDJ 1000s. And what are the odds that he's going to pull something off? So he goes out there. He starts working on his stuff. And at the time he had already started gathering acapellas and trying to do more blend work, right? In his mixes, doing more blend work. Um, and so, um, he starts doing the blends. He's got some reggae blends. I think he had this thing called hot in here. That was a series. He had a couple other ones. And he told me early, he was like, he was, he was really smart at marketing. He said, people care about the cover of these. No one, no one pays attention to the cover. I, I pay attention to the cover. And so I'm going to really move this forward by having really dope covers to really make sure people know that my stuff's dope. So he starts doing it and, and it's working. Right. And then I had an idea because I'm a I'm a I'm a PR guy. I'm a branding guy working in the valley and working in hip hop. Right. So I said, dude, you need to give yourself a title that 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 you hold on to and defend. He was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, dude. You should call yourself the West Coast Mixtape King. He was like, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, how do I even say that? Like, how do we even I said, listen, it doesn't matter how you measure it. 
right? You say it and you hold it down and you make people want to contest you. I said, now you got CDs, you're moving a lot of stuff, right? So you can say by my measurement, who's out selling me in mixtapes right now? And who's got better blends than me right now? Call yourself the West Coast Mixtape King. And he did. And it worked. It had the it had the strategic response that people, what? F Vlad, he ain't no West Coast mixtape king. He was like, I'm selling this, I'm selling that. And he had the dope covers. It was hard to it was hard to contest him. You know what I'm saying? So he's riding a wave, riding a wave, riding a wave. He wins the Justo mixtape award, I think. Didn't he get a Justo mixtape award? Did you, Vlad? I think you did. So he's doing good, right? And he starts putting these blends together on a new level. And then he drops that Tupac and that big rap phenomenon with Dirty Harry, Green Lantern. Those were historic pieces of work. I don't care what you think about Vlad at all. Them's was historic. Hmm? Go listen to that song Revolution where he had Busta Rhymes redo the hook. Dude, I'm telling you, Vlad is good at knowing a trend is coming before it arrives. He's also good at seeing what's missing and putting some of it in. Now, did he steal that idea from somebody? Not that I know of. Never heard anybody say, you know, that that's what happened. He has his own original thoughts, you know, and he's a real student of hip hop. So like when people say he's a vulture, I understand why people say that, but I don't necessarily believe that that's a fact. That's not a cosign either. I've got my own grievances. And I'll begin with this one. Um, he starts pushing the beef lane, right? Beef lane's good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, beef sells. So beef sells, and that's really what it is, right? And so he's doing his thing, and... Um, I thought it was cool in the beginning. I can't front. You know what I'm saying? Like all over America in the media, what do they say? What's the little phrase? If it bleeds, it leads. Right? We coming out of a Jerry Springer America. You know what I'm saying? Where you watch people fight and you do this and that. And you know, um, people relate to it. They still relate to it. And Vlad's beef, beef two mixtapes, they were dope. They were dope. He had a lot of hitters on there and he put a lot of people on, right? He's growing, he's growing, he's growing. And then the hyphy thing starts to hit and he calls me up. He's like, yo, what's up with the hyphy thing out there? I'm like, yo, it's like this, it's like that, da, 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 da. You know, I used to do PR for the team. Um, I did some of their early media stuff. I also did some early media stuff for Tracks a Million and some other folks. I also used to do the early PR for hyphy juice drink. Hmm? Who got that test taste battle between them and like, remember they had a, there was a Coke, uh, there was a Coke thing that went against Hyphy Juice and who won? The Bay. Um, still good. Grapple? Grape and apple? <laughs> Boy, that drink is good. Still. Anyway, uh, shout out to the team. What I'm saying though is um, I'm telling him about it. So he's like, yo, wh what, if, what if we did a video about stuff like that? So we start working on a video together. But then I got laid off my job. And right after I got laid off my job, I lost my health insurance. And right after I lost my health insurance, something happened. I was hella sick. I was transcribing some stuff. That means typing stuff up to send over. And 
I call Vlad and I'm like, Vlad, uh, I'm not well, bro. I've been down. I'm going to be a day or two late with this stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm messed up and I, I can't go to the, I can't go to the doctor right now. And I don't know what's bothering me. And he's like, oh man, but I'm supposed to have it in by X time and blah, blah. I'm like, blood, listen, I got you, but I am fucked up. I'm fucked up. I can't do anything, bro. I need you to be patient. Give me a day. Da, da, da. So he's like, Hey, you know, uh, that's not cool. Blah, blah. If you don't do it, I'll sue you. Sue me. I was hot. I was like, what, what? You fixing to sue me? Listen, dog. If that's what it is, we don't even got to work together. It doesn't even have to be that way. He was like, yo, you know, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. We out. But we, we didn't talk for a while after that. And that's how Ghost Ride the Whip gets made. He didn't know who PESD the driver was. He didn't know about the yellow, but he didn't know a lot of people. I'm not saying he didn't know anybody. He didn't know a lot of people. Okay. But I gave him the basic framework of how Hyphy was working and who was important. And he went out and he made that. Now he had already come out a little bit, filmed some people and filmed me for it. And that's why you see me in there for about like 10 seconds. Right. But really that was a project we were supposed to do together, but I didn't care. Cause I didn't care about Hyphy like that. I really didn't. I thought it was fun, whatever. Vlad was tripping. I didn't care about not doing it, but that's a true story. So me and Vlad didn't talk for a while. Then after we did talk a little bit, or was it before that? I don't recall. Before a minute, Vlad starts going to Brazil and coming back. And I think he's kind of like going for the women, which nobody could blame. Uh, but I also think that he was trying to figure out what his next angle was. There was a spell where like, I think he was like interviewing porn stars and he was just testing the water with different stuff. So that's why he was going in and out of Brazil. And he started running with some Brazilian dudes who, who were fighters from, I think, a, a Brazilian top team at the time. Uh, one of them, hold on one second. I'm going to get this DVD so you see it. So back in the day, they used to be, uh, even right now, on the mat.com was where all the original dudes who were originally in jujitsu went about that no gi and that gi life. They used to get on the mat DVDs. Okay. This is uh, Ultimate Throws by Daryl Golar. One day he calls me, tells me he's hanging out with Daryl Golar and some dudes from uh, uh, Brazilian, I mean, again, yeah, Brazilian top team, uh, which I think some of came out and became American top team eventually. And he's like, do you know these guys? I'm like, I know who they are, but I don't really know them, but they rock with my homies, Scotty and Gumby. You know what I'm saying? What's up? OTM, we out here. And so he's like, yeah, I'm running with these dudes, da, da, da. Now, when he comes back, he's still trying to find his way. You know, he's doing some stuff in the Bay. He's doing some stuff in L.A. And one day he calls me. He's like, yo, man, something really crazy happened. And remember, in the timeline, I don't remember if this was before or after Ghost Ride the Whip. He's like, yo, you're not going to believe what happened. I'm like, what happened? He's like, I was messing with this chick and we chilling. It's after we, we're in bed chilling, asleep. And there's a dude on the back balcony who comes through the window. This is a true story, according to Vlad. And I believe it. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? He's like, bro, like, I'm in bed naked and there's a stranger. And so it's on. And this was like her ex-boyfriend. So do come in there, right? He was mad because Vlad was up in there, right? Climbed up the outside and came in through the balcony him and Vlad start chunking him. Beak back, boop, 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 beak back, boop. Now, is Vlad the greatest fighter on earth? Probably not, but who is, right? You got to be in the UFC to be top tier. Anyway, at some point, Vlad and the guy fall, and they fall near a dresser, and there was a lamp. 
So Vlad grabs the lamp and gives him the old, uh, what was that, Odyssey 2001? Bah! Bash this fool in the head, right? Bah, bah, bah! Gives it to him over and over, and he said the lamp broke and started cutting the dude's face. But he's on adrenaline right now. Vlad's just bombing. Bah, bah, bah! And the dude goes out. The chick calls the police, and they drag this fool. He got arrested for breaking and entering, and his whole face was looking like hamburger. Vlad, blood! Gee, I was proud of my homie. I, I always want my homies to win. I was proud of that. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I would have picked up that, but he. I learned from Vlad that weapons are everywhere, and you can just start mopping fools. You know what I'm saying? I always try to keep it right here. But, hey, everybody don't think like me. Um, And so Vlad is a guy who... You know, while you might think he's soft, he's he's got some G in him. You know what I'm saying? Everybody doesn't have to be from the South Bronx or South Central or the heart of Oakland to be possible of handling you if they get the option. You know, that's what you got to remember. You know what I'm saying? Remember that fool, that light-skinned fool who got beat up by that short dude just recently on the gram? You know what I'm saying? He was over, blood. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, posturing up and being able to fight are two totally different things. Being able to fight and wanting to fight are two totally different things. Vlad handled his business on a breaking and entering situation. I had to respect it. I had to respect it. I, I, was, I was proud of him. And just happy that he didn't get really hurt. You know what I'm saying? So, times go on. Again, at this point, me and him don't talk too much. And then the Rick Ross thing happens. You know, he gets this picture. And again, you know, Vlad was always about the beef, about the controversy, about trying to get breaking news, about trying, right? He finds this picture of Rick Ross. He posts it. Rick Ross gets exposed for being a CO. Rick is pissed off. They see him somewhere at a DJ seminar. I think it was, I want to say it was in the Bahamas or Florida or something. I don't recall. All I know is, Rick Ross, I think Gunplay and some other people see Vlad and they give him a real serious beating. Okay. Um, a lot of people think that's funny. I didn't. A lot of people think that was karma or this and that. I didn't. I mean, dude, if he was a CO, he was a CO. Right? If he was a cop, he was a cop. Like, it's nothing to really be acting like, oh, this and that. You know what I mean? Um, he got exposed. People get exposed in hip-hop all the time. All right? It doesn't make Rick Ross any less of a good rapper or a gifted artist, but if he was a CL blood, it's what it is. Um, they beat Vlad bad. At this point, he had started to create Vlad TV, I think. Um, and he sues, and the money that he gets becomes the the fuel for the 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 system on YouTube that is known as Vlad TV. Vlad was always going for, you know, the dramatic stuff. He was going for the cutting edge stuff. He was interviewing the street related rappers, you know, cops who had stuff to deal with, with, with uh, Tupac's killing, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and, and beef related stuff in the beginning. And, you know, his, his views went up, you know, his views went up, you know, I don't think that Vlad is unusual in that way. I think that what makes Vlad unusual is that, I don't think that he sees himself as a vulture and I'm not sure that he is a vulture. I think that he's kind of like uh, in the Bay, they got these the Yemeni grocery stores like all over the hoods. Right. And these are dudes that, you know, they could sell you an apple, 
but you look like a Patron man, yeah? Patron, mm? right? So you can get stuff from Vlad based on what you want. If you want some pro-black stuff, here goes Lord Jamar. You want some beef stuff? Here goes Tupac. Here goes, you know, who shot so-and-so. Here goes a rapper talking about some with Mac Dre. Here goes somebody talking about, you know, too short. Here's whatever, right? And so um, I don't want nobody to think that I'm giving him a pass because I'm really not giving him a pass. I, he's posted stuff that I found real troubling, a lot of stuff. And, you know, I told him sometimes, like, man, I don't know, you know. Um, and so then his stuff starts to take off, right? He was early on the YouTube stuff as a platform. And then out of nowhere, somehow he and Lord Jamar start connecting and doing stuff. And those videos start going up. Now, he wasn't paying Lord Jamar. And people go like, is Lord Jamar getting paid? And Lord Jamar was saying, I'm okay not getting paid. Vlad's my boy and that's cool. All right. But I thought you came from the 5%. I thought you learned from Minister Farrakhan. I thought that you studied Marcus Garvey. I started paying attention to Marcus Garvey because of Brand Nubian. I think it's unfair the way a lot of modern hip hop heads go after Lord Jamar because he is a factor and has been a factor. He's an MC that matters. He did culturally relevant stuff. And it's not fair to treat him like he don't matter because you wouldn't even be listening to hip hop. A lot of y'all wouldn't be listening to hip hop if groups like Brand Nubian at that time hadn't been doing what they're doing. So it's not fair. I think it's disrespectful and it's not historically accurate to try to like try to make Lord Jamar seem like he's some kind of sidebar dude in hip hop, whatever, whatever. He matters. He's always mattered. He's had impact before you. He knew before you knew he was having impact. But why did Lord Jamar not start his own channel and get his own money? We'll never know. He came from, you know, 5%, NOI, Garvey, Elijah Muhammad. How he didn't do it, I don't know. But he didn't do it. Godfrey gets on, does a very similar thing. Um, and I'm going to fast forward through a lot of stuff to right now. Apparently, while talking to D.L. Hughley, he misquoted uh, Louis Farrakhan, and that started a whole thing. Now, my boy Jay Live called me, shout out to Jay Live, and told me the whole quote and how off it was from what Vlad inferred in the video. And I got to tell you, as a journalist... When you misquote somebody, you apologize and you don't make any bones about it. When someone, you get their quote wrong, you just say, yo, I messed this up. He could have done that on video himself. He could have written it, right? He should have done it on video because the mistake was made on video, right? So as an organization inside Vlad TV and as a brand and for him himself, I think he totally, he totally should have uh, finished and 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 admitted it and been clear about it and moved on because that's what every other journalism outlet does normally that has credibility he didn't do it apparently he was saying he wanted to meet with Farrakhan some people thought that he meant that he wanted to meet with Farrakhan face to face that turned into a whole who do you think you are you're not fixing the you know uh uh exploit uh minister Farrakhan etc cetera, etc cetera. And then eventually, Lord Jamar and Godfrey gets to a point where they bounce from him. Cam's got this disc record. Did it drop yet? I'm not sure that it dropped. But he started dropping memes, memes about Vlad being a vulture. And now Godfrey and 
Lord Jamar doing more of their own thing, which is good, but it's better late than never. And Cam's got his own YouTube page, which is good, but it's better late than never. I think when they call for that boycott, one of the things you got to do when you're talking about boycotts is we can't just tell people what not to do anymore. Like, don't listen to Vlad. You got to tell people where to go, where to go. So it's not enough to say, don't go to Vlad. You got to say, don't go to Vlad, go to so-and-so. Don't go to Vlad, go there. And that's not what was happening. So I think that the fall-off wasn't that big of a deal. And because Vlad has made so much money from his videos on YouTube, he didn't care when Godfrey and, 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 and Lord Jamar bounced. He didn't care, right? Now, it's not enough also to just say, leave Vlad. You got to understand that Vlad's base likes that drama, likes that young stuff. Like when I say young stuff, I mean like young rappers, young whatever. Like people don't want to talk about helicultural stuff necessarily. They don't want to talk about the deeper history of hip hop necessarily. They don't want to talk about necessarily race and society issues inside all the time, or you may, they may want that conversation, but they want it with certain people that maybe some of these dudes don't have access to. So I think in the long run, the boycott's not going to work. I think that in the long run, the young people that go to Vlad for the stuff they do are still going to go to Vlad for the stuff they do. And I think that Lord Jamar, Godfrey and others, Cam, are going to be able to build their own pages up and get their own base. A lot of people say Vlad is a cop. They suggested he's a cop. I don't believe that Vlad is a cop. I believe Vlad knows cops. I believe he has access, you know, because I mean, look, you know, there are different research tools that you can use to get court documents to find out different stuff. Plus people, you know, it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. And, you know, there are people who have been on his show that have that have gone to the clink and people say, man, that's because of Vlad. That's not because of Vlad. Vlad's a, Vlad's a cop out here, blood. Vlad's Illuminati, blood. Vlad, Vlad. No, that's not the case. I think Vlad asked what he wants and it's you rappers who put yourself in jail when he asks you them questions. Here's an example. Yo, so uh, what's going on, man? I heard you... Uh, Caught a body out in Baltimore. Here's the rapper. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that I caught a body. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying niggas ain't living. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> niggas ain't living. Uh, next question. Well, you know, uh, you know, I heard, you know, you had a trap house also uh, in Baltimore. And I wanted to know, like, you know, are you really, are you just a rapper? Or are you really about that street life? I mean, you know, if there was a trap house on 2828 West South Street, Miggle, <laughs> you know, uh, what happens in the trapping is what happens in the trapping play. Give me that. Hey, and then two weeks later, here come the hard mask police freeze everybody down. And he's, oh, if it wasn't for Vlad, this would have never happened to me. If it wasn't for Vlad. Why are you talking to that man about that stuff? What are you doing? Everybody talking about Takashi done self snitched on DJ Vlad on their own crew, on their own activities so many times. You can't blame Vlad. Don't answer those kind of questions. As a journalist, there's certain questions that I don't answer. I mean, that I don't ask. I don't ask certain questions. All right. I'm a type of dude. I don't really thrive on beef. A lot of my stuff like there's things that I could have done articles. I could have dropped. 
I didn't do it. Not because I'm the MLK of the game. It's because I don't want to make things worse. I don't think that Vlad necessarily um, thinks about the consequences or cares about them all the time as long as he gets the news that he wants. I don't think he has that. Like, Vlad's not a deep cultural guy like that. Not to say that he's wholly ignorant, but he doesn't care about culture. I've never had a deep culture conversation with Vlad all the years I've known him. Now, if you're an artist, don't talk to Vlad about that at all if you go on his show. Um, is he a culture vulture? You know, I was just talking with somebody who lives in Saudi Arabia and they said that they like some of the deep conversations that he has. I don't think he's a culture vulture. I think he's like one of these Yemeni store owners who's going to sell you Patron, but he'll also sell you an Apple, but he knows Patron test tends to sell better, especially online. You know, Vlad, I think you should apologize straight up. I wonder if somebody else is putting pressure on you. It doesn't make sense. If you say that's not the case, then if nobody else is putting pressure on you not to not to apologize, so be it, man. If you got if you got if you made the mistake, you made the mistake, right? Everybody's got to do what they think is best right now for whatever they're trying to do. I think the moral of the story in this is in the curious case of DJ Vlad, you have a creative guy who has some originality to his perspective, but he isn't wholly original. You have a guy who's a serious fan of hip hop and he knows it better than a lot of people give him credit for, you know? Um, but at the same time, Vlad, you got to understand that when you do some of the things you do, other people can get beat up. Other people can get killed. Other people can go to jail. Other people can die. When you're not thinking about the consequences of what you run beyond the money. And that's not fair to them. It's not fair to their families, right? And it's not fair to their fans, you know? But everybody's got to be smarter. Everybody's got to move forward better. You know, I saw a recent clip of Vlad talking to some youngsters and he said, yo, you know, I really hope that you and whoever, I forget the artist, Right now, I hope that you and that artist are able to squash beef and, you know, make everything cool. Now, I don't watch a lot of his clips, but that was the first time I heard anything like that out of Vlad. First time. Um, I think all the artists and all the newsmakers, all the journalists who are dealing with hip hop, you know, we have to be more responsible. I remember seeing things by different writers back in the day about Tupac and Big, and I knew somebody was going to die. I had a feeling both of them would, and it's exactly what happened. So, you know, when it bleeds, it leads, it's all fun, and, and beef, let's look at the drama, it's all fun, but these caskets are real. Our legends are really gone. And if any of you had a hand in the things that you wrote that got somebody killed and the things that you wrote, that got somebody for real doing time, whatever. If you can live with yourself, that's on you. I'm a different dude. And maybe that's why I'm not as famous. Maybe that's why I'm not as big. But it is why 
The OGs respected me then, and the young Gs respect me now. This is Bishop Chronicles. Have a blessed one. Oh, hold on. I forgot, man. Hold on. Don't leave just yet, bro. Don't leave just yet. Don't leave just yet, bro. Um, before I go, I know these are some crazy times, and I just want to remind you to defend your smile. That might sound corny, might sound new agey and hippie that, but listen to what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. You got to defend your smile. These are dark times. People are hating. You might lose your job. You know, you know, people you love may be passing away or maybe sick right now. Right. But remember that the smile is the fingerprint of the soul. Right. Nobody has your fingerprints. Nobody has your smile. Even twins smile differently. Right. Look at a picture of twins. They can be identical. They smile differently. I'm telling you to protect your joy. Protect your joy. Right. No matter how bad your day is, keep a corner for you in your head and in your heart and always, always keep your smile. All right. I've been going through it. You've been going through it. The world's going through it. But keep your smile. All right. You should be able to look any hater in the eye and tell them, look, if my joy brings you pain, you're going to need some Novocaine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For real. Uh, win your day. Win this day. Win every day. Standing on logic and love. Stand on logic and love. Think for yourself, but act with compassion. Enjoy your week. Stay strong. Bishop Chronicles, subscribe. Join us on YouTube. Join us on Insta. Join us on uh, 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 iTunes and Spotify. And stay blessed until I see you next. Peace. Teacher, what star is that? Bishop Chronicles. You must learn.